Fourth and final hour, Darren, Donick, and Chase on this Thursday afternoon. Don't forget, Predators wrap up this three-game road trip out in Glendale, Arizona tonight versus the Coyotes. Nine o'clock puck drop. I'll have pregame for you starting at eight o'clock and everything heard right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Darren McFarlane, Chase McCabe alongside Willie D out in Arizona. He'll be back on the show and in studio with us tomorrow on the program. We have told you for days we're very excited about our weekly guest every Thursday at this time. He is Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet's NHL insider. And Elliot Friedman uh, every week is brought to you by Carrie Zire with Remax Elite. El- Elliot, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Uh, we're excited. Uh, we really appreciate you doing this, and we're excited to talk hockey with you every Thursday at this time. Well, I'm happy to do it, but I know that people are only excited because you're giving away free tickets. I saw the tweet, so yeah. <laughs> I know it's not me. I know it's the tickets. Well, how about it's a combo? They're, they're, you're right. They are excited <laughs> about that, too. But but here's the beauty. They, they have to listen. They, I, we, we've told them. Like, the only way you win tickets, you have to listen to Elliot Freeman, and, and there will be a question that came from that interview every week, and that's the only way you're going to know the answers if you're listening to the interview. So we are making the listeners make sure that they do not miss this segment with you, and that's important to us. So it's a little bit of a combination well, I appreciate of both. It. I'm happy to do it. I'm really happy to do it. Uh, before we get into the Preds game tonight, uh, we were talking about this earlier in the show. How about the game-winning goal for Sonny Milano last night in the Columbus victory over the Stars? Was that sick or what? The thing I love most about it was when they cut to the shot on the bench after the game and the coaches were laughing. Yes, like yes. That, that, that's when you know you really have something special is that you, you get guys like Tortorella to break up during a game and they laugh while the play is happening. Um, you know, I think the thing that really kind of shocked us as we were watching it is everybody knew that guy Milano was a really talented guy but he's had trouble making it consistently on a team. And I think when a guy who is in that position pulls out that kind of move, the confidence to do it when you're trying to prove you're a full-time NHLer, that is a guy with big brass ones. And I kind of like that about it. No doubt about it. Uh, The Predators went into Vegas on Tuesday night and beat the Golden Knights. Before I ask you about that Golden Knights team, even though it was in a Predators win. I was very impressed with them. Uh, there's some news on their front. A guy that we saw in that game, uh, Valentin Zykov, it looks like he has been told by the NHL and the PA that mm-hmm. he must sit down for the next 20 games. Yeah, it was a, that, that's a PED suspension, uh, sure looks like. Um, you know, still trying to gather as much information as we can about it. Um, you know, I mean... We don't see a lot of these in the NHL, um, and so anytime it happens, it's big news. Um, like I said, I'm still trying to gather a lot of information on it to try to figure out what there is. Um, but it's the it's the what I think about the first one since Nate Schmidt, who was a year ago, and he really protested his innocence. He was a guy who said that, and it turned out it was a really minute trace. And Nate really fought hard to try to clear his reputation. And I do know that as part of the talks they're having right now for the next CBA, he wanted to see if he could change the, you know, I guess the threshold for what is illegal because it was so small with him. 
Um, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's still really new, and we're still trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But we know in the last particular case, uh, it was a guy who really fought hard to clear his name. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Gerard Gallant gave the Predators a lot of credit in their win Tuesday night, said basically they outworked them and outplayed them and deserved the win. The Predators did. They turned it on in the second period with three goals and then finished it off with a, a power play goal in the third to skate away with the 5-2 victory after trailing 2-1. Uh, the Predators were impressive that night. It was a nice response after losing to L.A. to begin the road trip. But I, I've got to be honest, while we have been very impressed here with the Predators, I was also, even in a loss, very impressed with that Vegas roster. They are loaded, Elliot, and I don't think they're going away anywhere. I think that, to me, in my opinion, they are absolutely the favorites to win that division over in the Pacific but man, you just—they—they they don't give you very many breaks up and down their lineup. Man, they got some guys that can absolutely get after it and put the puck in the back of the net. They're a good team, uh, you know. When you—you you know, when in your conference, the West, you know that there are some teams that you're gonna—you're sitting there and you're saying, if we want to win the Stanley Cup or even compete for the Stanley Cup, we're gonna have to go through a couple of places. And I know they're not in your division, and that might mean you don't see them early. But one of the teams you're looking at is Vegas. And the thing I like about them is they're a throwback team. Um, you know, the sport, um, it, it's it, the playoffs are nasty. I mean, you guys have watched it. You guys have lived it. The playoffs are really nasty, edgy. It's not for the faint of heart. If you've got a bit of a yellow streak, you're not going to go anywhere. And, but the regular season isn't always like that. Vegas plays like that all the time, all the time. The, you, you get a team that is not only going to try to score against you, they're going to run over you. And in their first two years, out of 81 games at home, they lost 22 of them in regulation. I think they were 53-22-7. and seven. And we all know why that is, because all the people who go to Vegas – they're more interested in what to do around the rink than at the <laughs> rink. So I, I'm sure there's a little bit of a Vegas flu going around. So for a team to go in there and play the way like you guys did the other night, that's impressive. That doesn't happen too often. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a positive sign for what the Predators are going to do this year. One thing your team is going to be able to do is score and score a lot and – even you're going to make good teams look bad on some nights, and you guys did the other night. No doubt about it. They certainly have uh, been doing that, scoring it with 28 goals through the first six games of the season. And, you know, the 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 guy we've talked about forever, and it finally happened, right? We've been talking yeah. about Matt Duchesne. In fact, I even declared on this show in the off season. I said, if Matt Duchesne doesn't come here, I swear I'm never talking about him again. I Like, I'm done. I'm done talking about Deshane. You did say that. All right? And, and of course, it happened. But it, So you get that marriage, and it finally happens, and he's here, and he's going to be here a long time. But then it has to play out on the ice, and that's been the cool part. Here's a guy who wanted to be here. He's here. He's His family, they love being here. They wanted to be in this market. They wanted to play for the Predators. And yep. also, it's translating on the ice, and that's been the cool thing to see. And oh, by the way, he's a great guy to deal with. But through six games, Matt Deshane looks very comfortable in this Predator system. We were kind of joking about it at our station one day that it's sort of like that romance movie where the two lead characters are supposed to get together for so many years, 
and there's always a circumstance that prevents them from meeting or getting together. <laughs> and finally, at the end, they 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 meet up and they live happily ever after. We were joking about it. It's like <laughs> Nashville was one side of the couple. Matt Duchesne was the other side of the couple. You thought they'd get together. No. You thought they'd get together. No. I mean, if you really think about it, there's probably about two or three times where you really thought that Duchesne was going to become a predator before this happened. And now you just hope you're in the happily ever after phase. It looks good. Like, you know, the one thing that made it look like it would make sense is you guys love to play offense. You have a coach that preaches a, a very aggressive style. You, you get to play for a lot of coaches in a lot of sports, and it's, it's, they're, they're coaches who either are uncomfortable with risk or they always worry about defense first. And it doesn't always work. You've got a guy there who's aggressive. He likes to have offensive players and good offensive players can thrive under him. And I think that's a good match for Duchesne. It looks great so far. I mean, you're going to have the, the time where he goes five games without a point. And I hope people don't think the romance is going bad, but you know, I think it certainly looks like it's a fit. We're talking to Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet. You can check out his 31 Thoughts column at sportsnet.ca. And I can't believe I get to ask the question because it hasn't come up yet. Uh, what are you hearing about the Predators in Captain Roman Yossi? Where are they on their negotiations? You know, it's funny. I did I, I did the one of the, uh, I guess, the, the Predators podcast last week, and they waited until the last question. I said, and they almost didn't ask it. And I said, wait a sec. I know why you guys are calling me. <laughs> I know why you guys are calling me. Why are you dancing around it? Why are you waiting this long? I, I know you want to hear the take on Yossi and the Predators. So I got to say, I was surprised this one went four questions too. So I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I think last week, um, I know his agent is based in L.A. Uh, the Predators obviously were there last weekend. They played there last Saturday. I think they had a conversation. Um, you know, I, I think I get the sense the most people I talk to around the league guys think this is going to get done. They, they find it very hard to believe that Nashville and Yossi won't work this out. There are, he's too good a player and yours is too good a situation for the two of them not to figure it out. Sometimes these negotiations, they turn, everybody starts grinding. We've all done negotiations for contracts ourselves. People listening to this right now, they've all done contracts, most of them anyway. And you know that sometimes it gets there's that grinding situation where you're, you're just trying to get both sides are just trying to get what they can. So I think the key number here is is nine. Um, that's where I think Yossi and his representatives would like to get to. Like, I think at the end of the day, it's going to get done. I can't tell you for sure the number is going to start with a nine, but I think that's kind of the hurdle right now. I just think it'll happen. You just have to grind your way to get there. You've dealt with David Poyle for a long time, and as we have, and we know that you know he doesn't like to do the no trade, the no move clause. Pecorine had it in his contract, and then... Duchesne gets it for the last three years, or part, you know, partial, the last three years of his contract. Do you think that that could be a, a, a sticking point in in some negotiations? Because now he's he's shown willingness to add that to a contract. I think that 
the I, I the one thing I had heard in the summer because I had heard guys that there was momentum in the summer and it kind of stalled around the time where you know Yossi he got married and he went on his honeymoon and you know I think that just kind of was a natural hitch in the whole process but what I had heard in the summer was that the Predators had made it clear that they knew that this was a, a, a different situation that you know he was their captain that things were changing in the NHL in terms of some of the things that had been happening and they recognized that they were probably going to have to do things that they hadn't done in the past and they understood it so I would assume that um, he's going to get some sort of no trade protection or, or protection. Maybe for, I don't know, the begin. I don't know if it'll be more for the beginning than the end, but I, I think that there was, I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but I do believe they were understanding or willing to give some protection for certain parts of the contract that were more than they usually did. I think everybody recognized that this was a unique situation with a unique player in the history of the team. Another player that was talked about quite a bit over the summer with the Predators was Kyle Turris, and David Poyle said on multiple occasions that you know they wanted to see him bounce back. And I know there there were rumors out there that maybe he tried to trade him, and you know, or there were you know a potential situation with that. But so far, he's had a good start to the season, four points in six games. What are your thoughts on Kyle Turris? I am a, a big uh, part of the Kyle Turris fan club. I am a, a huge fan of his game. I was as astonished as anyone else last year to see the, what happened. I, I mean, I, couldn't, I, I could not believe it. Um, you know, I, I've always liked Torres's game. Uh, two years ago when he was in Ottawa, and they, or I guess, yeah, I guess it, yeah, two years ago, 17, when, when he was in Ottawa and they went to uh, game seven of the of the Eastern Conference Final, lost to Pittsburgh in double overtime. He played unbelievable. He was so good that playoffs for that team was such a key part that when I saw him last year, it was almost like to me he'd been kidnapped and replaced by another human. Like it was it was that weird for me to see the way he played last year. He's off to a really good start. There have been some rumblings in the last couple of days that. Uh, that Nashville may be trying to move them. I could see it. I don't have confirmation of that. The Predators haven't explicitly said that to me, but I can see the theory around it. Um, it'll be interesting because I think the only way that he can be moved is if he continues to play and produce the way he started this year. But the more he does that, you know, the more you may want to keep him. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I just hope that the tourist that we're seeing this year, who's a bit more of a producer, is closer to the is, – is, it means he's back to where he used to be. Because that guy who played last year, guys, I have no idea who it was. That was not the Kyle Tourist that I've watched for most of his career. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, off and running, Elliot Freeman every Thursday – at this time, he's with Sportsnet, their NHL insider. Elliot, we really enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to this every week. Thanks for doing this. And let me just say, I got a text while we were on from somebody about that situation we mentioned at the beginning, uh, Zikov from uh, Vegas. It's interesting. If you look at the statement, last year Vegas really defended Schmidt. Mm-hmm. This time, nope. it's not the same. They They went after him. I think it's... 
it's interesting that this is, and it'll be interesting then to see when this is over how Vegas handles it because it's rare for a team to release a statement like that. It's it's very this one obviously is not this story is not over. That's for sure. I I equate to what I just read uh, to your point. Vegas, the Golden Knights, the organization are like my eight year old son. You just got the brutal truth. Like, nope, we didn't. Do it. He, he did it. He did it. He put it in his body. We didn't tell him to do that. He that he did that on his own. That's what my eight year old would do. He would blame somebody else. And boy, you're right. It's totally different than last year with Schmidt. Well, I wonder if it's because you know Vegas is worried that oh, this is two in a year from Vegas. What are they doing there? Yeah, that's a good point. Like 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 I could see just my immediate reaction. Uh, I, like my my buddies joke and say your immediate reaction, meaning like you have no special insight, just like normal, um, <laughs> is is like you look at that and you say, okay, that's a team that's saying we're we don't want people to think that this is us and we want everyone to know that this is the player very good point elliot thanks for doing this really appreciate it all right guys speak to you next week all right that is elliot friedman with sportsnet and of course every week his visit here on darren donick and chase brought to you by carrie zire remax elite when we come back at some point in the next segment we'll ask you a question about something that happened in this interview and your chance to win some Predators tickets. That's all coming up next on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025, The Game. Thank you, Mookie. Kirk Casale, who was in studio with us in the first hour, said he just ran into Mookie on the golf course. Yeah. Kurt said that um, he still he's going to stick with the Nationals to win it all, even with the long break. So it was good to see him. Been a loaded show. We had a lot of stuff to get into. Yeah. Man. If you miss any of it, thegamenashville.com. Check it out. Covered a lot of ground. Lots of ground. What do you think tonight? So we've seen them lose to a team they should have beat to start mm-hmm. the road trip. Yep. And beat a team that could have most people would have picked them to lose to, right? I mean, Vegas is very, yep. very good. So they're one and one on the road trip. Now you get the Coyotes. Um a team that surprised everybody with their play last year, right? I mean, they hung around all the way to the end. I mean, everybody, nobody was even talking about them. Even when they were having success, it was like, yeah, it's Coyotes. But, you know, you have to give them credit because, like I said, they hung around all the way to the end. I've been I've been wrong so far when I make a prediction because I, it's early still trying to read mm-hmm. really the other teams. But Arizona is a, is a team that I've never slept on. You know, I go all the way back to that playoff series uh, from several years ago between the Preds and, and them, and they're just, I don't know, for some reason they find a, a different gear whenever they play Nashville. This is a, a young team. They have, they've added some veterans. We know that Phil Castle is there now, and a big part of that. I don't think they're quite where they want to be yet, but I think they're getting there. And so I, I think... The Preds coming off an impressive performance Tuesday night. They need to figure out a way to keep it going. And you hear Peter Laviolette all the time when when he's asked about momentum, especially in the playoffs, that he doesn't feel like it's game to game. Now, you could have some confidence that carries game to game, but I think you kind of have to reset with each one, and they're going to have to do that tonight because I, I wouldn't sleep on on the Coyotes at all just because it's their home building and there's a little bit more excitement in there. So I'm – this this is one that I'm kind of cautious about. 
going into this one that I'm not going to just say, ah, oh, yeah, the Preds should go in there and everything should keep clicking. Got to get off to a good start and then, you know, deal with the ebbs and flows of the game, but then have a have the third period like they have been. In fairness, the, the first two games of this road trip, they have scored first. Yeah, they have. You're right. They totally they have. They have struck and first. The other team battles back and um, we saw what happened in Vegas and then we also saw what, you know, what happened in LA and they did battle back, tie it up eventually, mm-hmm. but then LA was able to close it out. So it's our, it's it's October, so it's still kind of hard to figure some things out. I'll tell you what, this Vegas situation is pretty crazy. If, if you heard that yeah. in the Elliot Friedman conversation that we had. So Valentin Zykov, who just played Tuesday night against the Predators, he released a statement saying he was completely unaware how he tested positive for a banned substance. This is the player, right. okay, informing everybody that He's been told by the league and the PA that he is going to be serving a 20-game suspension for PED use, and he said in there that he was unaware of how he tested positive for the banned substance. And yet, kind of how we ended with Elliot, George McPhee, the general manager, has said that Zykov told him in a conversation yesterday that he knowingly took the substance and has taken that sort of substance for four years. Yeah. Two conflicting stories. Never a good thing. What? Ruh-roh. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, the player, just released a statement saying, I don't know. Well, I didn't do it. How did this happen? What? How'd that get there? It's not mine. And the GM's like, yeah. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. He told me he knew he took it. He's been taking it for four years. So... Who do we believe in this situation? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you who I believe, and then I'll wait for your answer. I think I'm going to go with the general manager. Yeah. Um, even though George McPhee once traded Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat. Look, it's just like the <laughs> Rashard Matthews thing. What does that have to do with uh, what we're talking I, about? I'm just, nothing. It has nothing to do. I'm just throwing a joke know, in. Know, throwing I, a jab I, in. I know, but it, it gave me a reason. I to, know. I mean, he's a he's a quitter. I don't even know why you even give him a play. He's a quitter. Right. Oh, so we so we shouldn't have him on. Yeah, don't believe him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with you though. I'm gonna go with George McPhee. I'm gonna go with uh the front office on that. It just, it's a bizarre situation, which as we as we know, because we've dealt with, you know, situations here, Taylor Lewan being the most recent of and he, to his credit, was like, Yep, nope. You know, I'll release the video, and he did all all the right things through that whole process. But now it's like, okay, the player's saying one thing, and then the GM's saying the other thing. This is not going to go away anytime soon. I believe. I, I was shaking my head. This is radio, but I was shaking my head because I was thinking the same thing the whole time when Elliot said, this sounds like Vegas because last year the Nate Schmidt backed the player up. Yep. You know, what you see a lot yep. of times, right? We're, we are with them. This time, completely different, and I agree with him. This also may be Vegas going, Man, we've been good since, like, day one, since we joined the league. We've been good. We're doing a lot of winning. And all of a sudden, like, you keep getting players suspended for PED use, and it's a league that's not littered with players suspended for PED use. Right. Yet, it's coming out of one organization. It may be them going, hey, man, <laughs> this dude, 
We right. went rogue. Right. Right. He, he told me. He's been doing this for years. Four years, to be exact. You can quote <laughs> he me. He told us. Four years. I had to, this is not an organizational thing. This is not. Hey, we do not. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Views of the players do not reflect <laughs> reflect that of the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. Don't you agree? No, I, totally. Totally. I mean, George McPhee was very quick to be like, nope, 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 nope. This is what he told me. It's not what you told me. Like you get a group of seven and eight-year-olds together and you say, who did it? They'll all point to the person <laughs> who did it. Like, you can find out. They're like, yep, yeah, right there. He did it. He did it. He Tattletale. It. He did it. And then, and then the kid that actually did it is pointing behind him. Yeah, right. He's pointing at somebody else, but he's got nine other fingers pointing at him. Like, you can get the truth. That's what yeah. Vegas is like. You get he did it. Yeah. He did it, not us. That's it. Four years. Put, put that yeah. down your notebook. Get the recorders out. Four years. By the way, he told me he, he knows he takes that stuff. Right. We, we do not. No. I repeat, we do not. That's not how we handle things. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We do not subscribe to that stuff. Mm-mm. Not us. All right. Uh, do you want to be in Bridgestone Arena Saturday night? Predators and Florida Panthers? I do. Me too. Yeah. Well, let's go. Well, we're talking to the people out there. I know. If you would like to be a part of the game on Saturday night in Smashville, you want to win a pair of tickets, I would suggest you load up the lines. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. We do this every Thursday after Elliot Friedman. These tickets are courtesy of New Amsterdam Vodka. The question is as follows. Elliot Friedman said in our interview he is a big part of this player's fan club. He is a big, big fan of this guy. Big part of fill-in-the-blank player's name, fan club. Who did he say? Do you remember? 737-1025 as the lines explode. 737-1025. Who was Elliot Freeman a big fan of in our interview? More of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next. If you look at uh, morning skate, remember it's only 11.36 out there right now. Yep. It looks like uh, no Forsberg, but he's not been put on injured reserve, and it will be a game-time decision from what we can tell. And if you looked at morning skate, Daniel Carr was out there. Yep. Uh, Adam Vingan of The Athletic put out the forward lines, and Jan Croak, Johansson Arvidsson, Daniel Carr with Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlin, Sissons, Benino Smith, Grimaldi, Turris Watson. Vingan goes on to say it's possible Carr is a placeholder for Forsberg, who was termed a, quote, game-time decision yesterday. And as you just mentioned, he has not been placed on IR. So uh, we may have to wait and find out tonight when they go into warm-ups. They might put him out there, see what he can do. Um, but we will just have to wait and see. Keep it right here. Congratulations to Glenn as the phone lines exploded. Glenn correctly guessed. Glenn from Murfreesboro. Glenn down in the borough. Congrats. Glenn correctly guessed Kyle Turris. Elliot Friedman told us he's a big fan of Kyle Turris. He's a big big part of the Kyle Turris fan club, were his exact words. Right. So, Glenn from Murfreesboro, congratulations. We'll see you in Bridgestone Arena little Saturday night in Smashville, Predators and Panthers this Saturday night 
And those tickets, again, courtesy of New Amsterdam Vodka. So we appreciate them doing that, and we will do that every week here on the program. It's going to be a good weekend of sports here. We can talk about Yeah. We've got Vanderbilt hosting Missouri, Predators hosting the Panthers, and the Titans hosting the Chargers. Later kickoff, remember, 305 yep. on Sunday at Nissan Stadium. I'll uh, be here starting at 10 on good Sunday. Good things are happening with Nashville SC as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, they host a game. Gosh, they just they like the they like the playoffs. They do. They Only do. two years in the league, they like them. They like the playoffs. So should be a fun, fun weekend. And of course, tomorrow we'll have fun wrapping up the week. We'll have pick six in the final hour. By the way, evidently Bernard is just small. We need to find a way to get a hold of Bernard. <laughs> I know because he is just we need a sl- secret. He is slain pick six. Now, for the rest of you, good news is he can't win back to back weeks. Yeah. So, Bernard has been really good. Like, he's he basically gets every question right. I think he's missed one in two weeks. I think that's what Max was telling yeah, us. Yeah, which is just impressive. Well, considering our picking skills lately, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, we could use his help for silly underdogs. Uh, yeah, well, I, I seem to feel better about my pick this week than you feel about yours. Yeah, I don't. I don't Let's go. Silly. Yeah. I didn't really love yeah. anything. I didn't love anything. I didn't love anything either. There, you know what? I've loved other games, and they didn't work either. So. There, there were some of those three-and-a-half-point games that I loved, but we're not in that position right now. we we got to go for, for the bigger points, so that's what we did. We've talked about yesterday, like, what, you know, this is what we're all wanting to know. Like, what what is going to be the feel on Monday? Like, what are we going to yeah. be discussing? And it was pretty interesting, our conversation with Rashard Matthews. He seemed very confident about the play of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And him jumping at the bit to get back in that spot. Remember, it's been a while since Tannehill's been the guy. The guy, yeah. And so between the injuries and just Mm – so he's had like this this window where he's been – he spent very little time on the field as a starting QB and has been more time either rehabbing or holding a clipboard – than than being under center and so I thought that was interesting the way he put it and I think we're all trying to figure out like is there is there a chance that we're sitting here on Monday going whoa it looked different what in the world right like mm-hmm. how did that just happen I I thought it was interesting he, he got sacked one time and threw two touchdowns and threw for 280 yards what right I thought it was interesting, too, listening to Richard Matthews, and I, I asked him about receivers and how, okay, well, don't you have a part of it, too, if you got to go and command the football and say, hey, I'm open. You know, why are you missing me? Get me the ball. And I, I kind of tie it back into something else that he said that, you know, about Marcus and just, you know, he's a nice guy, and, and so people want to treat him differently and baby him is, is the word that he used. So I'm wondering if you're going to see a difference out of somebody like Corey Davis – that if he's not getting the ball enough, if he's missed, if he feels more comfortable going to Ryan Tannehill saying, hey, dude, I'm open. I know, but did you kind of get the feel from that interview that Corey Davis is just like Mariota? Yeah, a, a lesser, a lesser. And, not, De- not and Derek to, has said that too. I mean, yeah, see, you know, right. Derek has been very open about that. I'm just talking about that because we just had him on. There have yeah. been, just like Richard Matthews' comments, there have been plenty of other people who have said the same thing. We just happened to be talking about him because he was just on with us. Right. But you're right. Derek has said that. And, you know, 
I don't think you should overlook that part of it. There's a, it's a fine line. It's just like anything, right? There's a fine line of how far do you take it? But I, I think passive and not doing anything and just being nice is a cool quality and trait to have. But in that particular field or that particular profession, I'm not sure how well that plays. Right, I think you need a little bit more. You need, as we used to say, right, dog. You got to have that dog. You have that fight. You got to have that. But also, you can't go Antonio Brown, right? You right. can't go To. You can't go Chad Ojosinko. You can't. I mean, we can name all the examples. Just that go too far. I mean, you can't go that far extreme. You need that middle ground. But I think being the just passive, oh shucks, swell guy. At the NFL level, I'm not sure that plays well. I'm not sure that that helps you achieve what you're looking to achieve at the highest level of football. No, and in some ways it's – I'm not going to say unfair, but it stinks because he can't help who he is. He just – that's that's probably how he's been his entire life, that he's just this type of easygoing, quiet individual. But to your point – to be a top franchise QB in the NFL, that doesn't work. You're going to have to – you have to own the room. You have to walk in and everybody has to stop and they look and go, all right, Marcus is here. I mean, it, it's got to be a little bit of that. And he's never been that way since he's been in the NFL. And Rashard Matthews said it. In high school and college, you can get away with that. You can you can be like that, but not at this level. Because, not grown men making millions of dollars. Right, because everything – Money changes everything. Everything. And you have this guy over here on the roster making $12 million a year and this guy over here making $2 million. Or and $1.2. $1.2. So not only do you have different size bank accounts, but that's going to account with the ego as well. You have to deal with things like that. And it's great that you know you don't hear about Marcus – having an ego and some of these other quarterbacks in the in the NFL. Okay, great. But then you, you think Cam Newton owns his locker room? Well, we know the answer to that. Right. So, I mean, there there are there are situations where okay, you don't necessarily want that type of personality, but you also want some of the the leadership qualities of hey, he's the guy. He may also be the close to being the 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 extreme though, too. Yeah, he right? is. And and that's why I brought him up. And so, you don't. I think you, then you're getting into like dangerous ground over there, right? Yeah. I, I think if he it, was, if, it's if not he easy was to find the. It's not easy to find the the delicate balance because we were talking earlier, right? Going back to Kirkus Alley, Bryce Harper. Maybe the Nationals got better addition by subtraction. Right. And that sounds silly for a guy who got paid three hundred thirty million dollars in the off season, but you know, there's also this dynamic of that's where the personality comes into. And sometimes big personalities, when it's too far extreme, yeah. can also hurt you in the room. Right. Maybe I th- not necessarily on the plane, but in the room because there is that dynamic. Oh, by the way, sure. You know, baseball and hockey and other sports, really, other than football, which is a little bit different. You're together a lot, and you're around each other a lot. You're around each other more than you are your family your friends and your family that is your extended family and so it has to work it's like it's no different than us 
you know, guys, you can't throw 14 guys in a cabin for four days and it's got to work or right. it's, it could be it's a disaster. Right it's got to be a disaster. It'll be a disaster. Yeah. Right? The trip will be a disaster if, you, if you've got one bad apple. It only right. takes one. Sure. You get three or four. Thing. Holy crap. You got a mess on your hands. And, you know, I mean, there, there have obviously been examples, but, you know, and you can have wide receivers, you can have running backs that have those types of personalities, but the quarterback, as much as, as cliche as it is, it's the most important position on the football team. And everyone knows that. Everyone accepts that. And so the quarterback is going to have a different type of spotlight on him. And I just think there have been times where Marcus has struggled with that. And that's just his personality. I want to talk to all the men out there. I've been telling you for years about my friends over at Cool Springs MD, and they know a lot of you have started to seek help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances. And Dr. Jeffrey Lodge, who is the board-certified physician over there, has been front and center on that quest to help you with what I'm about to talk about. And his wife, Daphne Lodge, the registered nurse, and their experienced staff, they want to help you with the treatments that are required to improve your quality of life. And I hope you want that like I do, especially as we all get older and things start happening. And they've already helped a ton of you here in the Middle Tennessee area and surrounding areas with things like this. Because this, this is where sometimes getting older you need help in improving your immune systems or your energy levels or your cognitive function or so much more. They're there to connect you with the medical care that you require to have a healthy and enriched life. There's no better time to achieve that healthy lifestyle than right now. What are you waiting for? Make that appointment by dialing 615-283-7291. That's 283-7291. Or you can always visit their website, coolspringsmd.com. If you're looking for some pregame coverage on Sunday, well, this is your place. 10 o'clock in the morning is when the coverage starts. Remember, 3.05 start, 10 to 12.30. And then the show shifts downtown, George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue. Jared and Floyd Reese, Forever Titan Chris Sanders will anchor the coverage there from 1230 until 2.30, leading you up to Titans and Chargers kickoff at Nissan Stadium. The NFL pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Link, powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boom Boz, Craft Pizza, and Tap House. I am looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Yeah, me too. I mean, there there's definitely some intrigue with it because, you know, I don't think any of us expect Ryan Tannehill to jump in there and all of a sudden this, this offense is putting up 30 points and just looking like the best in the NFL. Nobody's expecting that. But you, hey, you what have to – What if it did? Well, then we have a lot to talk That's about. That's what on I'm Monday. saying. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can't. We're acting like there's no and, way that could happen. And but. his last game against the Chargers, I think he he threw for two fifty, two touchdowns, something like that, as a starter. So who knows? But I, you know, I think we're all expecting it to be better than seven points in ten quarters. I think. I think you, you ha- it starts with the quarterback. You can talk about the offensive line all you want. That's not going anywhere. Those problems are probably still going to be there, but. You know, the rest of the locker room could be sitting there going, all right, got a new signal caller. Let's step up for him. Who knows? That's the intrigue for me. And what is the approach? That's another thing I want to know. What is the approach? Because I'm telling you right now, we're going to have a pick six question about Tannehill's stats. Yeah. His throwing yards. Are they they going to be run heavy? Are they going to try to do a mix? 
Are they going to try to sling it around more? Like I want to know. Like what's the approach? If you got a new quarterback, does that mean you're going to be safe? Right, and you're going to safe things, dumb things down, run the ball more. Yeah. I, like what are you going to do? If they do that, then I, I'm going to be upset about that. If I'm Arthur Smith, I go to Mike Vrabel in the co- in the meeting, and I say, Coach, we're going to sling it. We're going to go for it. Let's see what this offense can do. Because if you believe everything that you heard Rashard Matthews say and that you've heard others say, I mean, it okay, and we've seen it with our own two eyes. It feels like they've, they have run an offense to try and protect Marcus and cover up for the deficiencies. Last week he was in a position where he had to make some tight throws, and guess what happened? He got intercepted. So I think you have to take the training wheels off the offense, see what you have around the quarterback position, go with a, a – proven starter in the league not the best starter but he's he has done it that's the reason you traded for him and you have him here as the quarterback and just see what you got because at this point you don't have a, a lot to lose I mean you're you're going the wrong way so you have to figure out how to change the direction of this team I think you got to go out there and just let him let him run the offense and could we stop asking the is he going to be in the booth or on the sideline question? Yeah, it's does done. Doesn't really matter. It, it does doesn't really matter. matter. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. Why, why is so obsessed on whether he's going to be in that today? I know. That's what I'm saying. Can we stop? Who cares? Yeah. Whether are there, what do, what does that change for anybody? I don't know. Media fans. What what is it? Arthur Smith in a booth on the sidelines. What what does that do for anybody? I mean, I know it's a different perspective, but you. That's why you have another coach up there that can tell Arthur Smith what he's seeing. There is something about coach-player interaction that I think is so important, and especially now that you have Ryan Tannehill running an offense that, you know, now it's his offense, it's his team. You know, I think it's important for him to be able to come to the sideline and sit down with his offensive coordinator and talk about what just happened. I'm just saying, what difference does it make? Why? Is, why are we so obsessed uh, about it? Okay, what? So. They're going to keep that a secret, too? You know, coaches, I, I, mean, <laughs> I will let you know game time. I'll let you know. I don't know. Oh. You know what's funny, though? I don't see Arthur Smith on the sidelines. He must be in the booth. You listened to Mike Vrabel this week, and and I've seen on Twitter, like, people make jokes. It it looks and it sounds like he has not slept in four days. He's aged. He's aged. Yeah, this this week. week has. This is where NFL coaches. I used to think that there were times with Jeff Fisher. I thought he went through patches like, man, yeah. it looks like he's being an NFL coach. It's taking its toll. You, like you, you said, haven't slept in days. Yeah, it yeah. takes. At times, probably feels like, the do, you know, they always say what the dog year. It's yeah, seven times yeah. seven. Well, I remember, you know, in the early days, you know, you'd see him with the mustache and the jet black hair. And then when they had a couple of down years, all of a sudden the gray started showing up. <laughs> you could tell like it was weighing on him. So, uh, look, I, I don't envy NFL head coaches because I know it's not an easy job. But you really, you that's really part of it to go there. Gray hair in the show, but anyway, you did. Hey, well, if you look at my beard and the side, it's starting. So stop it. It is. It is going to work out today. Uh, I'm think I'm going to go hit the pool again. Okay, the think tank. All right. As you like to call it. Yeah. Done a lot of good work in the pool. That'll do it for our show today. Or at least in my mind. <laughs> Have a great rest of your Thursday. 
Got Thursday night football tonight. We do. Got Preds. Broncos, Chiefs, Predators, and Coyotes. Do we get Willie back tomorrow? What's he doing? Supposedly. I never know what he's doing. That's what the rumor is. The rumor is that he'll be back. Stay tuned. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Stay tuned. Jared and the GM. That's next.